everyone. This is Mark Vina with more insights and strategy. Today is Tuesday, August 20th, 2019. Um, we're on the eve of a big event that uh, I'm always excited to attend, the big IFA event in Berlin, uh, which is starting, I believe, on September 6th. So it's, we're about probably about two weeks out from it. Um, but I'm very, very fortunate to have uh, someone on today's podcast who knows a lot about IFA, and we're going to talk for a few minutes um, about it, and that's uh, Jens Hightecker, who is the Executive Vice President of the MESS Berlin Group and actually the Executive Director of IFA. and I'm sure he's not going to get a, um, a minute of sleep until this event uh, begins, but uh, uh, Jens, uh, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, hi, Mark, how are you? And I'm glad I'm glad to get some time with you today because I know you're going to be exhausted for the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, <laughs> <Indeed>. <laughs> I know you're laughing, but you're really not laughing uh, deep down because I know what it's like. Oh, I know what it, you I, have all good reasons to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, I guess the, you know the big thing is you know I've been going to IFA uh, for the last um, few years, and it really is a very Big event for those people who j have you know just go to CES for example. CES is a big event, but IFA is really something. It's really the World Series of um, of trade show events in the technology field. It's humongous from a uh, number of companies and number of attendees that show up, and this the sheer you know real estate that it consumes. Um, and it really is something that if you're into technology, you know you, you should try to go to at least once in your life. But I guess the, you know the, the first question I have for you, Jens, is the um, mm -hmm. you know the technology trends. Um, you know, every year, every trade show, every year, it kind of has a theme to it. And while you know, certainly, it's not going to focus on one particular type of technology. Um, what are the big technology trends that you think will be probably um, disproportionately visible at this year's EFIG? Any insight into that? Yeah, I think you're right. This is not the one big trend, and and all the Divert uh, sounding very familiar, like connectivity, artificial intelligence, voice control, 5G. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, all these this technology trends are driving the innovation. But I think this year is not only about the technology trends. It's how about we innovate. Um, mm -hmm. When we talk about innovation these days, there is not a single company or a single inventor usually uh, to invent some new things. You need innovators, uh, companies mm -hmm. from different industries, from different countries on a global scale to innovate. Mm -hmm. And what we try in this in these times of these very political discussions to bring together the innovators from all of the countries. Mm -hmm. For example, if you see our lineup of international keynotes, we will start with a Chinese company, Huawei. Mm -hmm. well, yes. Um, you know, mobile, the mobile company leading mm -hmm. 5G under discussion in the US. Uh, second is uh, Qualcomm. Welcome mm -hmm. with the, the the president on stage in Berlin, and it's the same day. <laughs> the difference is only a couple of hours. Same stage, mm -hmm. and what we think to make visible, to make clear the experience that in every mobile you have Qualcomm chips, mm -hmm. and without a Qualcomm chip, your way has a problem. And this <laughs> is the same thing with with all the other uh, innovators. Means when we try to bring together the biggest and they the most influential innovators. They mm -hmm. come from across the world, and they need open open borders. They need open mindset for these, these global suppliers network. And that's important for a global ISA to drive the innovation, mm -hmm. bring together in a neutral stage all these innovators. 
Well, and, and you know what's remarkable, Jens, is that you know, you know, Huawei and Qualcomm are big hitters. You know, for them to be able to choose IFA as the platform to you know talk about their strategy. You know, especially in the case of Huawei. Mm -hmm. You know, Huawei's had you know their um, you know political <laughs> issues with the, you know, yeah. Well, both of them, of course. But you know, Huawei has had their you know their political issues, and there's a perception of Huawei, you know, good or bad, uh, in the United States. And it's interesting exactly. to me that Huawei is you know is choosing you know uh, IFA as a platform for articulating their strategy and from a Qualcomm standpoint obviously you know their they you know their their ingredients and their silicon is in just about you really can't find a product that doesn't have some type of piece of Qualcomm silicon but 5G is a big deal and I'm sure we'll hear, hear a lot about you know Qualcomm's plans to promote 5G because it's going to be so pervasive so it's very impressive and I the, the person you left out which not not last but not least is um, uh, Anthony Wood from uh, Roku is going to be there and obviously oh, yeah. you know and that's a big yeah. deal as well <laughs> that's you know, that's the company i miss the the <laughs> the rising shares <laughs> i miss the <laughs> opportunities to get rich the last couple of months but mm -hmm. indeed it's a new competitor for for the streaming uh, area for the streaming industry they did it very successful in america i learned very right. very successful and the expectation expectations you can see on, on their stock exchange um price <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Huge. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, and you know, right, yeah. You know, you're absolutely right. Out well, well, to other markets. Yes. Um, well, and I and I don't think they're on stage here, and I'm very curious to hear that. Yes. Well, I, I think what's not uh, inconsequential is that you know Roku has been massively successful, as you've said, in the United States. They're even more popular. If you look at units, mm -hmm. they're even more popular than Apple. You know, for, with Apple TV. Um, not to not to downplay Apple, but that's no no. It's no that's not an insignificant <laughs> accomplishment to be able to beat out Apple in any category. But you know the other thing is that you know, they want to make inroads into Europe. One area that um, that Roku really hasn't had, they've had some success, but not the type of success they've had in the U.S. is in Europe. And you know it's not surprising me, to me that Anthony is choosing um, uh, IFA as a platform to articulate its strategy. So that'll be that will be a terrific keynote. I'm looking forward to listening to that to that. But you yeah, know, indeed, we we left it. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a little <laughs> bit about you know one area that you did you know mention. Um, because it's just on everybody's mind, is the whole subject of 5G. I mean, 5G is kind of, mm -hmm. in the United States, as well as in most parts of the world, people almost have 5G in the brain. You know, you've got uh, Samsung, who just announced their new phones about uh, two weeks ago. I was at, the, at their event in New York. Um, they've obviously made a big commitment to 5G. Um, we don't know what Apple's going to do on September 10th, but I would, my guess would be there will be some type of 5G. Now that they've kind of kissed and made up with uh, Qualcomm, uh, that will be an interesting part of the Qualcomm <laughs> discussion. Uh, there probably will be some type of 5G ingredient um, in the Apple phones. The question I have for you is that or is the mm -hmm. are we in front of the technology, meaning that until the infrastructure is built out, and there's been lots and lots of media coverage on this. Even if you have a 5G phone today, until the right type of 5G service is in place, it really doesn't perform a whole lot better than, than, than 4G. So I guess the question is, is that, you know, do you, I, I, I suspect the 5G message will be very, very strong. But do you think that, you know, that, um, you know, consumers should be kind of, um, you know, should be a bit wary about embracing 5G technology right off the bat, or should they wait some time? It's more of an opinion question, but I'd like to get your kind of perspective on <laughs> on that. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned different points. Um, the one point is that the devices early on the market and the infrastructure is ready for. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yes and no. Uh, imagine um, 45, 50 years back with the invention of the color TV. Of course, mm-hmm. first of all, they had the devices in the market, the color TV, before they started the mm-hmm. color uh, TV broadcasting. Means mm-hmm. this is a normal situation. There's, there's, there are two buts. Uh, yes, 5G is the next standard, and whenever you can, or whenever you live at least in a metropolitan region, 5G will be very helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, much faster to download things. And, absolutely, absolutely. But for the consumers, it might be not so important to feel this in the first step. Okay, we have some, some early adopters, <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. they are welcome, very welcome to try this and to be the best example and to, to see what's possible. The, the 5G point is, first of all, I learned we have two different standards in the U.S. and outside of the U.S. And uh, what I learned in the U.S. that the 5G um, frequencies they got for 5G in the U.S., they are more or less uh, for the metropolitan regions only. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not possible. That's correct. To, that's correct. That's correct. To, yeah, to, yeah, and and um, it's a different thing in in Asia and in Europe. Uh, means for the consumers in in Asia and Europe throughout the the country, it will be easier to adopt the five G technology. Mm-hmm. But the the real improvement, the first step for five G, will be B two B solutions. Mm-hmm. Uh, m- means uh, we're talking about. Uh, traffic control. We're talking about uh, AI solutions, uh, the connectivity between devices in enterprises uh, or in metropolitan cities. That will be the first real, real um, adaption for, for the 5G technology. The consumer will feel it, and often enough, he will not know. Uh, he will know that um, there's a 5G in. My guess is that in, it's like the introduction of. 3G. It, it took that time four or five years mm-hmm. to implement this in the broad market, and that's, that we will see here in IFA as well. It means we have the devices, the technology is working, the infrastructure is under construction at least mm-hmm. on the way. In some cities, you can test it, and you will be overwhelmed what's possible with 5G. But for the for the broader market, I think uh, it will take some years. Right. Right. No, and I agree with that assessment. And, uh, you know, you know, people who get caught up in 5G, you know, a lot of people who don't, you know, don't cover the co- topic in depth like myself or, your, or you, um, they don't understand that it's not just the benefit of, of faster speeds. The, the, one of the real benefits, and this is, it plays into the whole smart home, home automation piece, is the fact that you have close to zero latency. So, and that's a big, yes. big deal, and, you know. And don't, don't forget autonomous cars. Yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah, realize if uh, 5G can help to protect consumers um, in, in, in the traffic, pedestrians, uh, for, for cars, it will be possible to realize there's a pedestrian next to by, by a in 5G real, phone. In real where, time, in yeah, real time, yeah. Mm-hmm. In real time, and that's mm-hmm. so helpful in the future. On the, and on the other side, yes, it will take time for the broader market, but and that's the, the big advantage of trade shows. Mm-hmm. You can test it. You can try it in trade shows. You can learn about. You can yes. feel what the difference is, right. and that's the fantastic experience you can get in a trade show. And they can only everyone invite to go to trade shows and <laughs> closer look to the new technologies. <laughs> well, and, you know, and you're, you're, you're teeing this question up for me, but you know, I, I was at your um, press conference in uh, Andalusia. 
um, a few months ago. And I think I told you this personally. I mean, the, 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 the press conference event that you, you generally held in April, you did it last year in Rome, you, um, this year you did it in, um, in Andalusia, are really spectacular events. And what I love about the way you approach those, those, those press you. conferences. Thank you, really appreciate it. No, Thank no, I mean, I mean that very sincerely, that. is that you do it with such a level of creativity that I'm, you know, I'm overwhelmed because I'm an old marketing guy and I understand the value of marketing and positioning and, uh, you know, you, when you mm -hmm. have... A, you know, hundreds of journalists and analysts show up in the event. You know, they, they're about to pass out. You know, from from uh, from jet fatigue. And when you have these events that really keep people awake, and I think that the the Edelman presentation uh, that was done by Margot Edelman, I thought was spectacular. You know, in fact, I did a podcast with her a few weeks mm -hmm. ago, and I thought it was one of the best. You know, press conference presentations I ever heard about around the, around the whole subject of brand trust. And I think that, you know, that closely... I to, to, to her. <laughs> yeah, please do, because I think that closely aligns with, you know, the strategic vision of, of IFA and the whole innovation message. Yeah. Because, you know, one of the other things that you did at the press conference, which I thought was marvelously um, innovative in itself, was the, uh, that, uh, that visit we took to where Christopher Columbus's ships, you know, left um, <laughs> before the... Because, uh, and you talked very, very eloquently about the fact that Christopher Columbus, you know, was an innovator, you know, in his own special right. And, the, uh, and there was an incubation... That region of the world was really rife with, in um, with uh, innovation. I mean, they wouldn't call it innovation back then, but he was nevertheless an innovator and had a vision and a dream. And I really think those kind of things do get realized at trade shows that it's really hard to do unless you're an Apple and you, you're so big you can kind of set the tone independently. But even, even that said, um, the trade shows are a great platform for not only seeing the technology in action uh, close and up front, but it also gives you an opportunity, frankly, to, um, uh, to get very, very close and understand a company's vision and you know, what they expect not to do just this year, but five years or 10 years from now from a technology deployment standpoint. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, we, we try to, to bring it on stage. We try. It's it's not only that you can see the newest products introduced the next season. Mm -hmm. We bring on stage in podiums discussions and the keynotes wherever in, in conference sessions. We bring on stage all the visions. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes the visions of dreamers. <laughs> and you think, wow, that that will be possible, right? Um, yeah, and and if you think back in in 1924, 95 years ago, mm -hmm. was the year where the IFA or called at this time great uh, German radio show, uh -huh. was the first time in the market. Mm -hmm. And at this time, the radio wasn't really invented. It was only mm -hmm. some wires and then some small voices from whatever. Right, right. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and there were some visionaries like Albert Einstein and others who thought in, in, in the next step what mm -hmm. radio, what uh, broadcast will bring to the people. And it was a dream at this time and very fast true. Mm -hmm. And then this is what we what we try to bring on stage in IFA and in other shows as well, not only to show the next product, the next technology, even to right. bring on the dreamers and the visionaries. Right. And um, yeah, we try the best. No, well, I, and I think you're 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 not just uh, trying the best. I think you're accomplishing a lot what you set out to do. And um, you know, the, the the thing I just want to get some of your comments on is really the what the, the kind of a follow up to that Margot's presentation in back in Andalusia mm -hmm. is around the whole subject of brand trust and why that's so important. And I found that presentation incredibly insightful because it really goes to 
you know, uh, if you if you don't have trust with a consumer from a brand standpoint, you know, it's hard to get their confidence to to buy their your product or service. So I'd like to talk to get your kind of take on that in terms of especially how it might apply to some of the innovators that will be showing products at at, at this year's EVA. You know, just um, your thoughts. How do you mean that? Meaning that, you know, from a, from a brand trust standpoint, how, why is it so, so important, you know, especially for new innov you know, new companies coming to market to build that kind of brand okay. trust? Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, trust, trust is needed in, in many meanings. Uh, first of all, it's the trust by the consumer in his own future, yeah, that, that his future is prospering and, and that he... He has the the uh, settled financial situation, whatever, and the the economy around him that he can trust in, or the political situation. That's the one thing. Mm -hmm. And the next is trust in new technology. That's the next step. Uh, do you trust in artificial intelligence, in intelligence, in in AI, or is it a dangerous thing in the back? And for this, you need you need information. You need to know what what's happening. How does it work? What what is the the opportunity um, to what's the benefit on the one side mm -hmm. and what's the data protection for you in this case of AI that you feel safe with mm -hmm. the new technology and the right. third point is trust is a personal thing means uh, you whenever you met a person it's easier to trust this person than an unknown person Mm -hmm. That means whenever you can get in, get in, in direct contact with innovators, with companies, when you can learn how they act, what their culture is, what their strategy is, mm -hmm. what their, how they protect you, all these questions you can, you can ask, you can get the right answers, and this levels of trust mm -hmm. is unbelievably important. Yes. And what Margaret was talking to was about trust of people in media. It's mm -hmm. about you as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what are trusted media by consumers? Right. And the, the very important question too. Trust mm -hmm. is so, so, so essential, so mm -hmm. vital to every one of us and it, mm -hmm. in, all, in many aspects. And it's not only about trust in technology or in innovators. Mm -hmm. It's trust in brands. Um, you talk, we were talking about Apple. Mm -hmm. I think it's, um, it's okay to say that the trust in Apple in general is very high. Yes. It's a trusted brand mm -hmm. in data protection, in technology, in, 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 in usage, and in, in whatever. Mm -hmm. And this is so essential for, for every company. Um, you can't underestimate this. Mm -hmm. Well, and once, you, and once you lose that trust, it's one thing to build it up. But once you lose that trust, it's very hard or very difficult to build it back up. You know, so, um, you, know, and exactly. you know, you know, it's almost like it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very fragile thing. This with Facebook. Mm -hmm. Facebook oh, yeah. is a good example. Yes. And ever people learned that you can't trust in every information on Facebook. Mm -hmm. It's for them impossible. And, and we heard the, 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 the figures from, from Margaret on stage that especially the young people mm -hmm. trust less yes. in social media than older people because right. they got all the experiences. Yes. Where you can trust and we're not. Yes. And it's quite interesting and it's essential for, for bigger companies and for innovators as well. No, I, I, I agree with that entirely. Um, in, in, the, in the two or three minutes we have left here, um, Jens, you know, one, 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 one question I do have for you though, and it's, it's kind of, you know, and, and 
you know, a lot of people come at it different ways. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, of course, you know, coverage over here in the United States around the ongoing trade wars between the United States and China, you know, um, without oh, yeah. trying to get into a, I'm not looking to get into a political conversation, but, you know, the, you know, the technology category obviously is very sensitive to, um, to tariffs. Um, it looks like the uh, Trump administration kind of, you know, kind of um, uh, throttled back on the their their most recent tariff threat on a, many, not all, but many electronic products up until the holiday season, which was a relief to uh, companies like Apple and others. But at a macro at a macro level, do you think this is just a bump in the road, you know, from a technology uh, standpoint, or do you think, you know, do you hear a lot about this, you know, when you're talking to your clients in terms of, well, this is a big problem and we got to get through this, or do you just think this is, we're going to work through this and it's just a matter of time? Yeah. Uh, Mark, as you know, I'm not in politics, but <laughs> of course you see that it's a bump in the road, indeed. Right. In, in different meanings. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, it's, it's a very simple understanding of products. Uh, means, for example, a phone is coming from China and it's a mm-hmm. Chinese product. Mm-hmm. It's not. Uh, for a phone um, assembled in China, they import to China so many technologies from other countries, chipsets, mm-hmm. uh, whatever, displays from Korea, for example, chipsets mm-hmm. from America. They all bring it together with, with knowledge, with patents, licenses from around the world to create a new phone. Mm-hmm. And then they export this to... Mm-hmm from China to the US, for example. Right. Is this a Chinese product or is it a global product? Right. And whenever you destroy this, this supply chain mm-hmm. or this chain of innovation, the products will be not so innovative. They have to replace the perhaps innovative parts. And that's the, the one point. It's, it's slowing down innovation. Mm-hmm. That's the very tough point. Mm-hmm. And... <clears throat> I think that's more essential for the American consumers or for consumers around the world because it's not only a problem for the for the American market. But for other markets as well. It will be more expensive. It sure. will be more expensive. Right. Tariffs are taxes at the yes. end for the consumers. Yes. Higher tariffs means higher taxes. Right. And um, it, it's not about that, that China or any other country is in this bad position. Uh, it means the consumer in every country with higher tariffs, we'll see higher prices. I agree. Less competition, higher prices. And of course, that's not very helpful for the demand and especially not very helpful to implement new products, new innovations into markets. For the right. Consumers. No, I, I, I agree. That was a very erudite way of kind of phrasing the situation. And I think everyone agrees, well, almost everyone agrees, that, you know, it, that uh, you know, tariffs long-term are a bad thing. And, and we've got to burn through this because the long-term effect are really, you know, headwinds that really that affect innovation, the cost yeah. of the consumer, which affects adoption. You know, the higher a pro- uh, the purchase price for a product is, the less it's likely to get, get, to get adopted, especially by p- people with not high levels yeah. of income. So I agree with you entirely. Um, last question for you, and I know you're not going to answer this for me. I want to give it a shot anyway. Are there any, <laughs> what, any surprises at this year's IFA that you might give us a bit of a glimpse into? Or I know every, I asked you that every year. I asked you that last year in the podcast, and you were very diplomatic. <laughs> but um, can you provide any type of little, a little nugget of any surprises we might expect? 
there will be many surprises, but I find so many NDAs I'm not allowed to talk about. <laughs> Wait for the first day of IFA. <laughs> well, you know, Jens, you may not be in politics, but that's a great political answer. <laughs> well, listen, Jens, thank you for your time for today. I, I'm, uh, I'm, ex- I'm excited to be out there in a couple of weeks, and I certainly will... Uh, stop by to uh, shake your hand and you know maybe give you some water because I know you're going to be exhausted during that entire show. But uh, thanks for uh, joining the call today. Thank you, Mark, for uh, having this talk and uh, hope to see you soon in Berlin. Great. Thank you. Well, listen, to, to, the, to the more insights and strategy audience, thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. Please follow us on our usual social media suspects. That's LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. And until next time, have a great weekend. 